Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Inner Bloom. I am Alexa. And I am Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are so happy to be joined today by Brooke Crawford, life coach who activates your genius, moving energy, and changing lives here with us on the podcast today. Hi, Brooke. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, ladies. I'm really excited to be on your guys' podcast as well as Facebook live streaming. I didn't know that was possible, so that's really cool. Um, It feels really, really great. Good. So glad that you're here. And, um, you know, as with all of our new guests, we love to hear your story and just what what path led you to what you're doing now, all of all the moving of the energy and the changing of the lives. So would love if, Brooke, you could share anything that you feel is relevant about your story, your history, um, and uh, yeah, with the audience. Sure. How much time do you guys have? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I left home at 18. Um, I grew up in a two-parent back, uh, two-parent home. And I left at 18, went to college at ASU. Um, I ended up meeting the father of my kids and I had kids at 19. Um, We needed money right then and there. And there weren't really many jobs that were making the kind of money that would support two children. So I started dancing as a stripper. And that's when I really started to learn energy. Um, Coming from like two parent background where I grew up like very Christian home and then going into dancing, it's like, it's like energy on steroids, to be honest. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, that was kind of my life for a while, minus like the drugging people, but it was very much glitz glam money flying everywhere and it wasn't just about the physical it was also just an energy when you walk in there and to be you know 19 20 years old not having ever been in that kind of environment it just like lit a fire under me and um i won't sit there and say that it was always great but the kind of lessons that i learned from there i've always taken that with me and it's kind of how i've been able to incorporate the other aspect of myself not just the you know, the mom or the wife or um, the sister, there's like this whole other aspect of me that's very dark feminine. Um, And I don't think that that's talked about enough. And um, I, you know, that, that career petered out and I was just like, this is exhausting mentally, emotionally, physically, 
it became very, very draining. Um, and most people don't know that when you sign up for something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where my real journey, the inner work started. Um, I woke up and realized that I'd had kids before I was ready and they didn't deserve that version of me. And um, their dad had left us and I'm sitting at my mom's house and I'm just like, this isn't right. It's not right. And I didn't even have to explain to her what I was talking about and she just knew. Um, So she reached out to a family that had been wanting children and uh, they adopted them. Um, A few months later, I was a mom, but I didn't have the responsibilities of a mom. So I had to figure out who I was all over again. And I had built my entire life around making money to support them while also trying to be present for them. And it was just not possible. So there were months where I slept and there were months where I tried to go back to dancing um, and none of it worked. And so I kind of just left that lifestyle alone, went back to college for PR. And um, I would say they call it going vanilla. I went full-blown vanilla and it was like I cut off that part of me that didn't exist people would try and contact me or talk about it and I just I don't want to talk about it because there was so much to unpack there and um, I started to realize that I was meant for more when people started talking to me about things and I just knew the answers or I knew how to help them and um, women were asking like how did you turn your life around like obviously you have some really deep dark stuff going on but what did that look like, the transition? And I just realized I always knew. I didn't know how I knew, but I knew what to do, where to go, how to do it. And I didn't realize that other people didn't know um, because I had been so quick to just keep going, keep pushing forward, keep trying to make progress. And um, I remember the first goal that I had ever coached, she just was like, I want to how whatever you've got going on there, (laughs) I want some of that. Like, um, and people that experience me, I'm, I'm really best experienced. I can't, you know, I can't speak to anything else when people are in my energy. It's just like a, yeah, what she said, or a, you know, it's like a, an activation that happens where women are just like, I deserve better. I, I can have too. And I feel good about myself. And this is what I want for myself. And I don't care what you tell me because this is what I deserve. And um, over the years, I've just been able to uh, service women. And um, my deeper why is because I remember wanting to be saved and no one was there to save me. Um, And I realized that I have to save myself. And so that is why I teach women how to save themselves because no one's coming, newsflash. And I wish that somebody had told me that at 19, 20 years old. Um, And that's really, you know, therapy didn't work for me. I spent time in therapy. It just did not work. And I went it alone. And because I went it alone, I developed all these skills. And now I give those to women. So that, in a nutshell, is my entire life story. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, That's a beautiful story. And not to get like hung up on parts of your story, but like, what a powerful experience you've been through with with being a dancer and then also deciding to do what I really think is like the selfless selfless thing and say my kids deserve better than this and because that could not have been an easy decision to make and I feel like the the harder thing or the 
the harder thing to do is that is to find them a family that you feel like would have been a better fit because I feel like we have so much pressure in our society to like be this person, you know, but the energy exchange that you're talking about with dancing, that's such a, like an interesting aspect and an interesting way to look at it because I've never really looked at it like that before. But then I think about coaching, right. And like how you are now and it feels, um, like an easier energy exchange or like a more even energy exchange rather than it was, I feel like dancing could be very empowering and I see it as very empowering, but the energy exchange feels kind of out of balance. What would your, what would your thoughts on that be? And the, for any job that the energy exchange is out of balance. So interestingly enough, I didn't feel that it was out of balance. I was making tens of thousands of dollars a night easily. So for me, it was just like, whatever, I get to look hot all night. People are buying me shots. Um, you know, I get to be around pretty women. Who doesn't love that, right? Um, and most often, like, there were cringeworthy stuff that, that went on. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I think that people don't talk about that enough. But the good for me outweighed the bad because I was able, I tell people all the time, I went to the depths of hell to learn what I know. I didn't get it out of some college or I didn't get it out of some book. Like I was in it. And mm -hmm. to be able to have those life experiences and to navigate myself as a woman amongst men who you know want a piece of you and think that they can just give you some dollar amount and that you're gonna go for the okie doke that's powerful in my opinion. And most women are, feel very scared to own their sexuality. They feel scared to own their presence. They feel scared to be amongst men and like hold their place. I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. and I never have. So the, the challenges of feeling small or repressed or I already earned my stripes. I, I passed that level by going to the, the, I mean, worst possible place you could go to learn about the dark feminine. And so for me, when I look at how I coach women, I'm pulling from the things that I learned there. It's like you, uh, people, when we look at femininity, right? Um, there's like the fluff version where it's where the perfume put on the clothes and that's all fine and dandy, but there's the other side, which is very dark feminine. And it's harnessing the rage, harnessing sexuality, harnessing um, the, the deeper, sassier parts of you, the transformation of like leaving certain shells behind and becoming the full expression of you. And so when you're in that space, you don't have time to play small. You don't have time to sit there and be repressed and, and not say what you want because you either go home with no money or you deal with people who do not respect your boundaries or you're dealing with other women who just look at you like, what are you doing here? And it's, it's not that they're trying to be mean, but it's like you either get it or you don't. And there was no time to play fickle or, or mess around. So for me, it was very clear energy. You know what you're there to do. You know um, how to do it. And life skills, if you want to talk about the life skills that I learned, it's vast amounts between the dynamics between myself and other women and not really dealing with competition 
because that's if you're in your wounded feminine, you're going to be sitting there thinking that the next one is better than you. I didn't have time for that. I'm the best thing walking around, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I don't have that energy, people aren't going to feel me. And they don't want to be around a woman who feels like, oh, woe is me. They want to be in that particular space. They want to be around a woman who's like, wow, I don't know what's going on with her, but wow. So I think even though I'm not necessarily walking around in public half naked, the energy of like, I know who I am and I I look great today, but there's times like Target, I'm hair up in a bun on my way to yoga and there's people just kind of looking at me like, wow. And not many women know that type of energy because we're so used to playing the small role and there in that space, there was no small role. I am the role. I am the it girl. I get to paint it however I want it to be. So that, and then on top of that, I was making a lot of money. I mean, is invaluable. And now I get to use that to then coach women. Again, invaluable. And you can't, you can't bottle that up and put it in a book that you go and get a certification for. No offense to anyone who, who has, you know what I mean? I, I've looked at certifications, but the, it's the intangible embodiment of what it means to be the full expression of a woman that has like carried me and not just in my business, but in my relationship with my husband, um, in my relationship with my girlfriends, like the way that I talk to them is very much like, no, this is the standard. And if we can't have the standard, like you got to go. So sorry, because this is how it is in my life. And this is how we do things. We don't play the small victim role. So I hope that that answers your question. It so does. And it brings up so many other good points about I, I think how women are supposed to or how our society wants to portray women as small and quiet and meek and, you know, not really boisterous or loud or things like that. I think we've a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us have been told that we're too much or that um, instead of we're good leaders, we're told that we're bossy, things like that, you know. So I love all of the points that you bring up about that. And how you learn that because like you said i think that's in like intangible and also so valuable for so many people i i agree and i also think it's really powerful what you're talking about of i mean like you said many women probably walk into the same scenario and they are in their wounded feminine or they fall into that role that is less powerful right where maybe their the energy dynamics are off but what I hear you saying is like, it's how you come into the room. It's how you come into the situation. It's how you own your presence, your power, your mindset, everything that determines what that's going to be. And I know that off, um, before we started recording, you were talking about how the darkness or, you know, going into this, the, the depths of hell was was how you learn to manifest, not like just believe it and see it and it'll happen. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that um, we have, we actually have a friend, Nike, who she always talks about how in the spiritual world, everyone's always like, raise your vibe, like raise your vibe. And that's how you manifest, like raise your vibe. And she's like, I always ground down. Like I always like ground in. And I feel like what you're saying is, 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 somewhat in alignment with that. So can you explain a little bit more about that? 
Sure. So when I first learned about manifestation, it was like, what is this word? What's going on? Um, Abraham Hicks was like one of the first people that I started learning from. And then I happened upon Manifestation Babe um, and then like a couple of other people. So you can imagine I'm like, what is happening? People are just creating their reality. And I knew that I knew that I could create it. But it was like this light and airy fluff fun. And I was like, wow, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. Not working. It was not working. No matter what I did, it was like, well, why, what am I missing? And so I used to listen to Abraham Hicks on repeat. I did EFT tapping. Um, I've done hypnotherapy. I've done it all. Right. And when I really honed into onto what Abraham Hicks was talking about, she said, ask, believe, allow. So the, the context is that you've been asking your entire life. It's like a, a shopping cart. You've been putting things in your shopping cart for a long time. Like, I want the house. I want the car. I want the man. I want the kids. I, whatever you want, you've automatically, your brain is just like, ding, I want that, right? So I'm like, all right, well, I've been doing that. I don't need to do that. Believe, yeah, I believe I can have it. Like, well, I'm not different than any other person. And I'm thinking like stripper mode, like, She's doing it so I can do it. You know what I mean? She's making tens of thousands of dollars. I, I've done that before. No problem. And so I'm like, all right, well, allow what's and manifestations were not coming at all. And rage is what showed up extreme rage because I'm very logical. And it was like A plus B equals C. What am I missing? And I would read books and I've got all the books, full library. And I would listen to the, the podcast and the YouTube videos and more and more rage would show up. And finally it burst and it was like an activation. And it was like, why can't I have what everybody else has? And that was the story that my brain was telling me for such a long time. And I was like, wait, I've heard this before. At four years old, I told myself that I couldn't have what everybody else had because they had the perfect family and it was just me and my mom. And so, and it, it, there was nothing I could do with that story. It's just me and her, right? And so at four years old, I'm like, I really, really want what I see. There's all these kids that are getting picked up by both their parents, but I could never have that. And so that story was replaying over and over in my mind subconsciously, but I could, at you know, 25 years old, who's going to remember a story like that? And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And my body, it, I call it pop rock started going off. And it was like, what is this? And then it was like this euphoric feeling of like, life is great. You know, I'm not sad. I, this is great. Whatever this is, I want more. And it was like the crack that kept on coming. And all I like did was just limiting belief after limiting belief. And it was like, okay, so now there's a pattern. So it wasn't just, oh, let me be in the fluff and let me be happy and let me just manifest it. I had to tap into the lower feeling thoughts of like, you're trash. Maybe sometimes you're stupid. Maybe um, you don't believe you can actually have this. Who do you think you are to say, I want this? Have you even seen a black woman have this kind of life before? Do you know anybody? I'd have to go through all of those and almost talk myself back into the depression. Right. Um, and people are like, well, so you, you push yourself to that point. Yes. Because if I don't tap into that, I'm not going to be able to tap into what it's like to have it. It's on opposite ends of the spectrum, whether you have money or you don't have money. It's all the same vibration. And it's just your perception of it. And I didn't know at the time, I didn't have the words to put it into to a conversation like I can today. 
but I remember it was very surreal for me where it was like, I think I'm really onto something because as I kept going and as I kept like allowing myself to fall apart, I would feel better. And therapy, I, I was in years of therapy. Therapy never did this for me. And I'm like, okay, so I wonder if there are other people out there who know about this. This was like in the, what, I'd say 2010, 2011 era. And I, I mean, I'm a black woman from LA. So it was like, who do I even talk to about the things that are happening in my body, the things that are happening in my mind? And I was like, you know what? I, I can't talk about this because people might look at me crazy or, you know, nobody's really saying any of this stuff. Now we've got people coming out all over, like even Joe Dispenza, I've gotten into his stuff. So there's obviously stuff that that's supporting what it is that I knew a decade or two ago. Uh, sorry, not two, but a decade or 15 years ago. And now it's like, oh, my God there's a completely different way. Like you don't have to do it like that. You don't, you don't even need a method. All you've got to do is just talk to yourself about the negative story. And when you can talk to yourself about that, it's like, it just dissipates and it, it leaves and it goes back to the universe or wherever it's supposed to go. So that is my process. I don't do any specific methods. I don't script anymore. I don't journal anymore. What's the point? Just talk to myself about why I think I can't have it. Mm. Mm. That's so powerful. And I think um, I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go into the depression because I'm afraid I'll get stuck there. So what do you say to people that have that fear about being stuck in like that seemingly negative space? You're already stuck in it now. So what's the difference? Yeah. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I mean, and I'll expand upon that, but. It's a good call. It's like it's like you are on a road trip, right? And um, imagine it's like a zombie apocalypse movie. We've seen them. And you're like, well, I don't want to go there because there could be zombies. But I also don't want to stay here because there could be zombies. And I don't want to go back because there could be zombies. Yeah, there could be. There could be. Yeah, there could be. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's better for you to move forward than to stay put. And now you're a sitting duck. So at any moment, your reality says, oh, well, she's got this vibration. So let me throw this at her. Not because Mm -hmm. that's what the universe wants you to experience, but it's because that's the vibration that you hold. And I've been on this track where I can't stand the words that are being used in the spiritual community. So I'll break that down a little bit deeper. When your thoughts when your entire being, when your soul is uh, set to a specific dial, think of a thermostat, when it's set to a specific dial, that's what the temperature is going to be the entire time. There is no changing it because you've set it to that specific dial. And so people, when they say, well, I don't want to go into the depression, depression is is a, a, a mindset. And I know that that's like, well, what do you mean? You know, there's, there's hundreds of people depressed, but okay, then you got to ask yourself, why are you trying to fight what I'm saying? Because what I'm saying can release you from where it is that you say that you don't want to be. And so it's important for us to go to the depths of hell, go to the depression, go to the deep sadness, because if you can't feel all the way through that, then how are you going to navigate what you actually do want? It doesn't, you don't even know how to navigate where you're at right now. So you want to be somewhere else, but you also don't want to be here too, which is why you're holding yourself in like this holding pattern and you can't get anywhere because you refuse to address what's like literally staring you in the face. 
And like, if people could just grasp this, there would be no sadness. There would be no suffering. There would be no depression. You wouldn't need medication because you can do it yourself. I, um, it's, it's, it's interesting timing of this because, um, I, this year I was diagnosed with OCD and I, I, it was something that I, it's something that literally has hindered my life, my whole life, but I never really understood what was going on until this year. Anyway, I started with an OCD therapist and the, the therapy for OCD is exposure therapy. And what that means is that you it is the, I'm really good at therapy. Like I pride myself on being awesome at whatever therapy you throw at me. I'm like, yes, I got this. I know how to express myself. I know how to deal with my emotions. I love it. This therapy is literally, I want to throw myself off the building because it is what you do is you look at the thing that you don't want to look at, that you avoid like the plague because it makes you feel so icky inside or scared or anxious or whatever. And you just do that with a counselor and try not to let yourself go down the spiral. Like just try to be there with it. And it's the most frustrating thing to me. But it does work over time. Very slowly, it does work. But at the time, I want to tell my therapist I never want to see her again. And I never feel that way. And it's not her fault. It's just it's so hard for humans sometimes to look at our stuff that we like to avoid because we're like, I don't want to feel that pain right now. So let me put it away and I'll just go on like it doesn't exist. And meanwhile, it's piling up, piling up. And the more you don't look at it, the more it gets bigger and bigger, right? So I feel like it's it's that it's kind of what you're talking about is like just we need to like be able to look at our stuff. We need to be able to, and not only that, but you know, it's about also accepting that we're humans and that's what I feel like the dark feminine is about. It's like, yeah, we have darkness, shadows, whatever whatever you want to call it. We have heaviness and, and all that within us. We have things that maybe aren't the lightest things in the world, um, but they're a part of us and they're they're good. Like they're, they're, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to embrace that. And I think that if more people could just embrace the mix of all of that, that they are rather than trying to be this like awesome person, which I've fallen into this trap quite a few times, we would be not only so much happier, but also so much more powerful because we'd have access to all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brooke, I think you're one of the first coaches that is talking about embracing this, the unpleasant feelings, embracing this aspect about all of us that's in every single human being, whether it's pain, whether it's, you know, disappointment, fear, anger, whatever, instead of just toxic positivity and trying to meditate everything away. And so that is one of the things that I follow you on social media, everybody should follow you. But that's one of the things that I love about your posts is that it really, it really shows that you're a real human and you're a real person too. And I think that's what people need in a coach. That's what people need in someone to help them out of that space that they no longer want to be in. So thank you for that. 
Thank you. Uh, I fell into the trap of being the good person. I fell into the trap of being the good coach. The Actually, my girlfriend and I, um, she's also a dancer, former dancer. And we were talking about just the things that we want to create together. And her and I were bonding over the fact that we came from that world and then realized that we wanted to be coaches and then tried to fit the vanilla way of being a coach. And it's like, there, her and I say it all the time, and this is no disrespect, but it's very boring. <laughs> yeah, it is very boring. Yeah. And when I talk to some of the women that I have coached, I ask like, so what is it that was like the aha? And it's always like, I've just got this, I, I'm going to curse and say it how it comes out, but I've got this no shit taking type of attitude where it's like it either is or it isn't and if it isn't you can't be here I have clear boundaries with everyone in my life everything is clear I don't like confusion and chaos and what I have really noticed is that the things that people try and shame me for are the things that I get paid for so Mm. like (laughs) I've had women talk to me about the fact that I am a former stripper and I'm like well little do you know that I was keeping marriages alive back in the the early 2000s. So while you want to be mad at the strippers, you also have to realize that when he's mad at you, he's coming to talk to me. And now let's talk about why, because you're clearly upset, but it's not with me. It's upset. You're upset with yourself because you can't be me. And that's only because you told yourself that I didn't tell you that. And when people like hear it like that, it's like I suck all the air out the room and it's not to be mean or to be judgy. I don't care. That's this your business. That's your lifestyle. If you want to do it that way, that's more on you. That's fine. My husband knows (laughs) where I come from and what I've been through and we're good over here. But if you want to talk about the real issue, the real issue is that you want to be like me. You want to be free. You want to own your sexuality. You want to own a room like I do. You want to own yourself like I do, and that's okay. But let's talk about that. Let's not talk about why you're upset with me because I'm not the problem. And the things that people don't want to say is the things that I end up saying. And that's why people pay me because it's like, I don't want to hear the fluff. I don't want to hear cookie cutter versions of what you think that I should say. I want to hear the truth. That's it. I just want to hear the truth. And that is why I think that I, first of all, I think that more dancers should be coaches because we tell the truth. And to be quite honest, like in that setting, that's what I was doing all the time, telling men the truth. And I didn't have to pretend that I was one way just to get what I wanted. I could just be myself. And that is why I think is missing from the coaching industry mainly Um, I don't really engage with male coaches, um, but I'd imagine that's probably why they are doing significantly different numbers financially than women, because it's very clear. um, Men are just kind of like that, where it's like, this is what it is. This is what we're doing. Do you want it or no? Whereas women have been taught, and this is back to that feminine energy thing, women have been taught let me manipulate the energy. Let me manipulate the situation so that I can get what I want. Mm -hmm. And that looks like, well, let me be something that I'm not. Let me behave in a way that I'm actually not within so I can have money, so I can have the man, so I can have the kids, the house, the car, community. And that's exhausting. How long do we want to keep that up? And I, I fell into that with my relationship. I 
thought that I had to be a certain way because he's in the financial world. So it's like, well, I got to kind of look like the Betty Crocker wife. I don't. And we had a conversation and he was like, well, where is she at? Like, I, I want her, her being like the other expression of me. And it was right. like, ding, 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 ding. Hello. And the more that I am myself with my clients, the more they're like, drinking the Kool-Aid and then it activates them. And they're, they're like, it's like looking at a different version of me and another woman and it feels great. And that's where, and it's not just about coaching. It's about women as a whole. We have been leaving our dark feminine to the side. And that is why like, we don't acknowledge our rage. We don't acknowledge like the, the crappy feelings. The fact that we feel in c- competition with other women, we don't acknowledge that we like actually don't like people. We just kind of play nice, right? I I can't stand that. Play nice. No, why? For what? I don't want to play nice. I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's stop talking. And I've done this with family members. Like, but who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Like just because we're family, go ahead. I don't care. You do you, I'm going to do me. And the more that women own that, own your anger, own your rage, own your sadness, own it all. If you want to curse, curse. If you don't, don't. If you want to be vanilla, go for it. If you don't want to be vanilla, don't. And I think that that, the clear definition of who we are without trying to manipulate energy is going to make us all better for it. Because this is one of the most valuable things that I learned transitioning out of the strip club. And this is actually something that my girlfriend and I were talking about. In the strip club, the setting is already set. Like it's, you know what you're getting when you come into there. So I don't have to convince you that this is the place where not only am I going to look hot in some skimpy clothing, but I don't also have to convince you that you need to be spending money. It's just already set. Whereas when the universe or the world at large is the stage, it's like now I have to create that space. And I tried to manipulate energy and it was like that you can't do it like that. You need to go back to the way that you were being yourself, even though it was set there, it still applies. Be yourself, own you at the fullest expression of you, not just the, oh, ask, believe, allow, like feel you, (laughs) right? And then people are going to be like, whoever she is, and not just me, like any woman, whether it be you want a man, friends, like literally everything, they can't find you because you're not being you, you know? Totally. A hundred percent. I agree with everything you're saying so much. I think it's so true and so powerful, powerfully said by you. It, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of like, I feel like all women are like becoming clones of each other or something like, and, and you spoke about the spiritual community and like being so over some of the terminology. And I've been feeling that way recently. Ambie and I have both talked about that recently. Like, it just feels so, it feels like everybody is just rehashing what they've heard you're supposed to say without even really fully understanding the depth or the meaning. It's just like a trendy like buzzword and it's just thrown out there. And meanwhile, not all of us are smiling and <laughs> putting on these happy faces, but inside it's like, there's nothing real going on. There's nothing authentic here. And I think that we're getting to a point now where we're all getting much more sensitive, that we're, we get more and more sensitive, especially as women, as, day go, as days go on. And I think it's starting to become so apparent that like, they're, like it, what you're talking about is I just hear it's, in on, it's inauthenticity and it's 
energy that's going there's so much energy going out towards a projection of what we think we're supposed to be and I feel like you're such an emblem of this very important time that we're in where it's time to drop that. It's time to let ourselves really be seen. It's time to be unique. It's time to know that's enough. You know, it's time to actually unhook all of our energy from all of these things. We have to keep going just so we'll be loved and just allow it all to come back to us and just shine whatever we are. And I think that you are someone, like Ambi said, I think it's rare. Like, I don't think we've had a, t- a ton of people or interacted with a ton of people who can really accurately and authentically share this message in the way that you are. Because like you said, you just embody it. You're like, a, what's your sign, by the way? I'm just so curious. <laughs> Scorpio, can you tell? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was like, do you have Leo in your chart anywhere too, though? I was kind of, I, I don't know. I feel uh, like you, you have Leo, but yeah. I, I think I might have a couple. Okay. But Scorpio makes perfect sense because it's like that dark, like you don't see it coming. Um, so yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm done speaking. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Ambie, if you're going to mute. Brooke, do you have any other, like anything else that you want to share that's on your heart that you want to just tell the listeners like, hey, if this is you being inauthentic, and then Alexa, you can go if you want to. Sorry, yeah. I think Alexa. Had I didn't a realize what time it was. Yeah. So we're, we're, as we wrap up here, any last things that you want to share, as Andy said, but also tell our listeners and our audience where they can find you, how they can work with you, if they're listening to this and like, ooh, I need help tapping into that dark feminine. Like, how can they do that with you? Go ahead. So. It's like being in your own prison. Um, And what I'm posing is that you created the prison. Um, Society taught you how to be in it, but you created the prison. And you also have the keys. And until you let yourself out of your own mental and emotional prison, you will continue to feel like the little girl who never got what she wanted. And that's me speaking as like someone who had to break out of that continuously over and over and over. And it feels like you're probably going insane. Um, I know what that's like. I know what that's like at a very visceral level. And it's not just about inauthenticity. It's it's like a systemic problem um, across the board because we as women have always been, our value has always been placed on what we can produce, whether it be money, a child, um, a wife for somebody, a girlfriend for somebody. And now what I'm essentially saying is like that enough is enough. Like we have our own identity outside of all the things. And until you break out of that prison, you will continue to identify as all of the things instead of who you actually are. And once you then step over on the other side, it's now it's your world and you're creating it and everybody else gets in alignment with that. And whatever is not in alignment automatically leaves. You don't have to try and make it into be something it's not. And um, if I could say that is like the most important part of it all, like it's not just about um, 
self. It's about women in mass scale. Like we, it's time enough is enough. Like we've been doing this dance for years (laughs) and I know like I, I did it for a couple and I was like, I, you guys can have this. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Um, if you guys do want to connect with me further, I do have my Instagram. It's just my name, the Brooke Crawford. Um, that is where I spend a majority of my time. I also have, um, my TikTok, but that's more of like my personal life stuff. Same name on there. I occasionally do a clubhouse room. Um, my name is Brooke Crawford on there. So if you happen to catch me on there, it's like by fluke. Um, if you do want to work with me, you just send me a DM on Instagram and we can have a conversation. Um, I'm not one of those people where it's like this really stuffy type of coaching. It's very much, let's just vibe and let's talk about why you feel stuck and how we're going to get you unstuck. So that in a nutshell is my final thoughts. So beautiful. Thank you, Brooke. And for everyone listening, if you're listening on the audio version, we will put Um, Brooke's information like her Instagram and such in the show notes so you can just go there and click and connect with her make sure you give her a follow um, and be brave reach out if this is calling to you because I'm sure this is calling to a lot of you Um, so Brooke thank you so much for being here this is truly such a gift for this this Friday Um, so glad that we could finally connect and make it work and um, yeah just really really pleased to connect with you Thank you. It was actually a surprise. I'm like, wait, yeah, I absolutely would love to do this. And uh, it's a great way to end my week. And I really appreciate you both. And I've really enjoyed this conversation a lot. Us too, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching on Facebook. We love you all. And until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.